everyone, welcome to the Faith and Fandom Podcast. Uh, Hector with you. Today, as we start a series called I'm Finally Watching the Chosen. And uh, as a professional minister, I think it's uh, generally assumed, if not required, that I've watched this show. And quite often people are surprised or offended or upset when I haven't. And, uh, you know, it was one of those, I'll get around to it type situations. And, uh, because let's be honest, generally speaking, a lot of Christian entertainment isn't high quality. And a lot of Christian productions are corny and cheesy and terrible all around. And, uh, I've heard lots of great things about The Chosen. But I also wasn't in a rush to, uh, (laughs) jump on too soon. It was also that weird thing of initially you had to have a certain app to use it. And I wouldn't even get an app for McDonald's and I buy a coffee from there every day. So it's, it's it was nothing personal. It just never happened. And then finally, a friend of mine literally showed up at my door with um a copy of season one and season two on Blu-ray. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, I'll, I'll start. Um so I'm trying to squeeze in some episodes with my kids because I'm assuming it'll be good for them as well. And uh, so today we're going to talk about the first three episodes and my first thoughts, not necessarily hot takes, but just my first thoughts of uh, what I got from the first three episodes of The Chosen. Just kind of like clicking through it as well as we're recording here today. Um, I'll state that one of the first things I really enjoyed is the fact that Jesus isn't even in the first episode for real, like not a lot. And that we spend a lot of the time setting up the backstories of Mary Magdalene, Nicodemus, and uh, Matthew. Um, because if you're making a show about Jesus, you know, obviously the first thing to do is not have Jesus in the first episode. Or let him be an aloof figure. It's kind of like setting up a Batman story, but just having the first episode center around the state of Gotham. And I thought honestly, that was a pretty solid way of doing it uh, and setting it up for Mary Magdalene and getting to see who she is and kind of combining those things. And also fully aware that this isn't all biblical depiction. This isn't all biblically accurate storytelling, but, uh, it legitimately is, uh, I think it's a good representation of what we could have seen. And I know that they've tried to uh, make sure that the uh, ethnicities and stuff aren't too uh, whitewashed when it comes to things. And I appreciate that. Um, I also respect the fact they have a well-known or well-recognizable character actor playing Nicodemus. Because that is a nice touch to actually tune into something like this and see a familiar face. Um also, side note, I don't know if I'm sure I'm not the first person to notice this, but the theme song is made by Dan Hasseltine of Jars of Clay. So that's pretty dope um, that Dan Hasseltine, uh, seeing his face just kind of made it cool for me. Um, but adding Nicodemus's story, just to say the one of the things is, you know, this is a dude that plays a big part in his story later, or at least in the introduction of who Jesus is and some stuff. And... I think for a lot of people setting up what the the Jewish religious culture 
of Judaism was at that point in time, the order, the status, the pompous or the, not the pomp, but the pomp and circumstance. Um, I think it's good for a lot of people to be on able to see that honestly. And so setting up Nicodemus early on was pretty good. Um, and you know, great casting with that. I will say that one of the biggest artistic, uh, liberties and, um, creative choices they made for me was having Matthew have Asperger's or a form of autism. Uh, specifically the people who make the chosen, I looked it up, said that he has Asperger's. Um, but I feel like that's a very modern thing that we label and associate and, uh, having a character, especially a disciple and someone when the, we all associate, uh, with, uh, when it comes to the gospels, ha be a person of disability, be a person of special needs, be a person of special abilities in that capacity. I thought that was really neat. And there, <laughs> there were times like literally as soon as he came on, I'm like, wait, what are we doing this? We're doing this. Um, and I just thought that was pretty neat to be able to give, uh, Matthew such a layered storyline. And I get that, you know, again, this is fictionalized, but it's still cool. And, um, you know, the fact that Nicodemus couldn't cast out Mary Magdalene's demons, I also thought was a nice touch because, you know, biblically being a fan, you go back to the thing about how people tried to cast out demons and it wouldn't work, um, because it, they weren't Jesus and they didn't have that faith. But, uh, it also gives us a nice look at what it looks like for the Roman culture to truly being invading uh, and occupying the area. It gives me strong imperial vibes, like exchange the Roman clothing for stormtrooper outfits, and we have Star Wars. Um, also, who decided that Peter ran a fight club? <laughs> I find it greatly appropriate and fun. I'll say this though, I just never pictured Peter to be an attractive athletic man. In my mind, I always pictured Peter as uh, like that comedian, the machine, um, Bert, whatever his name is. I pictured Peter to have a beer gut and to be salty. But, you know, the fact that Peter is a scrapper and a schemer and uh, stuff like that was kind of funny to me. And I appreciate that. Also, uh, his relationship with his wife is fun. Because, uh, realistically, in scripture, we don't get much about Peter's wife. We just get uh, that his wife's mom was dying um, at one point. And so, it's neat to see these layers to kind of add some background perspective about who these characters are. But also, I love the fact that it's such a big deal to these people about breaking the Sabbath to work. Because I think in our culture, we have gotten so comfortable just ignoring the Sabbath. And people only are considering the Sabbath being a Sabbath every once in a while. And so, um, yeah. Um, uh, Mary Magdalene, when she was possessed, that was a hoot. Um, but also, um, before we started the show, my, my kids and I sat down and... Um, like they saw some of the rating stuff and they're like, is this going to be okay for us to watch? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's Jesus. Of course. And then, uh, trigger warning ahead. Sorry. Um, there is the 
uh, inferred abuse or uh, sexual assault or rape of Mary Magdalene by a Roman guard at one point in time. And my kids are just looking at me like, is this what I think it is? Is this happening? This is a Jesus show. And, you know, again, I think it adds some solid layers to the fact of who they were, what they were doing, and even adding Mary Magdalene's uh, backstory as a child, um, the fact that she held onto that little scrap of scripture like it was her, <laughs> that it was all that was holding her together, and then to be able just to toss it away because she felt like she'd been abandoned by God, just so good. And the fact that she was clearly suicidal and wanting to end her life, um, man, there's there's so many good layers to what they put into this in terms of laying out who these people were. I genuinely cared more about these characters by the end of the first episode than I probably cared about them as people in scripture the years running up to it. So high five uh, Angel Network for putting it together, whoever else. Um, and when Mary Magdalene is standing on the edge of the cliff being suicidal, um, I'm currently also watching season four of The Sinner. And it has the whole season starts out with a woman on the edge of a cliff. So that gave me like really weird pa parallels with that. And, um, but I thought it was neat. <laughs> now this whole thing of, uh, Simon Peter being cunning enough to spy for the Roman government to, uh, betray people who are breaking the Sabbath, the fish so that he can keep his boat. I'm saying this is some layered schemery. And in my mind, I never pictured Peter being that cunning. But then again, you know what? Let's roll with it. Yeah, it's it's pretty solid, and I'm glad. Listen, it's a lot more depth and detail than just a dude on a boat. And, um, yeah, it's a lot more good. Um, but when Jesus shows up at the end of the first episode and tells Mary that that drink's not for her, Bro, even now, uh, watching that scene, like, just straight up goosebumps. Um, and I uh, own oh, the fact that Mary's um, demon-possessed name is Lilith. And that by a lot of Christian lore and culture, that Lilith is the name uh, usually associated with demonic stuff. Or that um, she was, like just a in a lot of extra biblical materials Lilith ends up being the name of somebody uh in the creation story um same thing with like the show supernatural and stuff um but yo when Jesus calls out Mary's name at the end of the first episode and she stops and he heals her like you know it's such a subtle moment um and with that being such a subtle moment you know I was, I was genuinely impressed about how impactful that was, um, and her healing process. Um, and then, you know, as we go on with episode two, so that's, that's my take on episode one. Um, and the fact that all of episode two, for the most part, is all preparing, uh, these people preparing for the Shabbat meal, the, the Sabbath meal, 
and that you've got the three different cultures of people doing it, that you've got Nicodemus and the highfalutin, you've got Mary and the outcast, who's now a human again, and then you've got Matthew and the isolation of his culture. I think there's not a group of people that we can look at in this and not feel like we connect somewhere in these stories. And I think that's really great for showing us that we all fit somewhere in the Sabbath in general. And this little uh, Game of Thrones vibe with Matthew going before um, <laughs> the Roman official. Um, like, seriously, I felt like this could have easily have been in Game of Thrones. Um, you could have replaced any of these people with that. And... Also, Matthew's a really good actor um, on a on a performance base. I enjoy him, and I appreciate uh, what he's doing. Um, I think it's weird that all of the Roman soldiers look like the old men in a church planters conference. But as 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 we move on, um, I still think it's pretty solid um, how they do all this, and Peter, like you know, moving forward, trying to like by his good graces so we can I, I feel like peter's spy level is a little too gangster in this show um but it is what it is and you know that his i like that his brother is his conscious in this and it also gives us a little more fleshed out detail on that um so yeah and also i freaking love that uh nicodemus is struggling so much uh, with himself in this and granted I don't know how they're playing all of these stories out I'm only on episode three um but uh I love that uh Nicodemus didn't rush to take credit for Mary's conversion or just own it for his own political advances I think that he had as much wonder about it as Mary did and that whole scene with uh Mary and Nicodemus in the uh in the courtyard and the way that mary responded and everything else uh just the the love and the redemption that was there in that was just beautiful and i genuinely love uh peter's wife and the gangster that she brings to the table <laughs> um like i would watch a whole sitcom like this is us or not this is us sit is a sitcom but i would watch a whole this is a style drama of just peter and his wife like i would be down for that um and matthew like sitting in the dirt eating his shabbat with the animals um i felt that in my soul i genuinely did and um i thought it was cool mary magdalene setting up her first shabbat meal and uh, coming through, I thought it was neat seeing the outcasts of the city, and then <laughs> the the most Republican-looking disciples of Jesus rolling in to there out of that. Um, and by the way, I loved seeing the disciples wearing yarmulkes uh, for, if they're specifically called yarmulkes, but I loved seeing the disciples wearing head coverings for the Shabbat meal. That made a really good detail for me. Um but uh, Mary's face when she opens the door at the Shabbat meal and sees Jesus there. Um, and Jesus' subtlety and um, waiting to be asked in uh, to join for the Shabbat meal. It's just, uh, 
this, you know, he's like, you know, I hold the universe together, but do you mind if I have some dinner with you? Um, and, you know, I just thought that was such a sweet thing. Um, and for her to say that this is the one who helped me, um, it's, it was, it was just kind. It was sweet. And, um, I think for me, uh, when Jesus insists that Mary lead the, um, the words at the Shabbat meal and just the genuine love. Okay. And let me take this back. Uh, the disciples at the Shabbat uh, meal don't look as Republican as they do in my mind, uh, in my memory, they definitely look a little more appropriate in this. Um, but, uh, again, G- the way Jesus looks at Mary, um, as she's reading the words are so beautiful and so sweet and so genuine, um, that really just warmed my heart and reminded me of honestly it made me think of what it would what it's like for god to actually listen to our prayers and um to love us knowing how imperfect we are and actually care for us in that and for him to do that um yeah i just thought it was beautiful um also, let's jump over to episode three, and this is the one with Jesus and the kids, which is entitled Jesus Loves Little Children, and just bouncing forward with this little kid that likes to tag along and hang out with Jesus and show it, and we get to see the rituals, and just seeing Jesus uh, interact with these kids, um, and just the way that he first approaches them, like... Um, when he sees them like spying on him and stuff, <laughs> it's just sweet and it's kind. And I've worked in children's ministry and for a long time. And I feel like, <laughs> um, it felt like, Oh, this kid's this, this, this Jesus has served in children's ministry before, um, is the vibe I got with this, but just the fact that he worked with them and he spent time with them and, uh, kind of guided them as he went along and the fact that Jesus is asleep and wakes up to all the kids of the village, like hanging around wanting to waiting on him to do something. Uh, I just, I, it was sweet. It was cute. Now here's my first negative statement. Ready? Um, it's not a real negative one, but it's a negative one. Um, where were these people, kids, parents? And, if this dude was anybody but Jesus, it would be creepy for all these kids to be hanging around in the woods unsupervised with a rando guy. Um, <laughs> and that was that was my thought being like, I wouldn't let one random guy hang out in our children's area of church without, you know, some people. I get he's Jesus, but, uh, you know, I don't know. It felt weird. Um, it's also fun to see Jesus brush his teeth. So that's a thing. Um so yes, uh, Jesus was not following church, uh, children's ministry protocols of accountability by having more than a couple, but his also sadness in leaving them and knowing he was going off into the world to actually do the things was, was kind of sad. Just watching him guide these kids, watching them do this, um, because it is really those hearts that are 
just going to make everything so beautiful with it. Um, and the fact that he took the time to make this kid a toy um, before he left, I thought that was sweet. And because he's literally about to embark on a three-year journey of saving the world. And he's like, you know what? Let's make this kid a toy. And I did greatly appreciate that. So that's just the first three episodes. I'm planning to knock out a few more uh, with my kids over Christmas break. Um, But first take, first three episodes, um, actor that plays Jesus, great. Um, Probably the most human Jesus I've seen portrayed. Um, I really like fleshing out some of the other characters. I like that we're not rushing through things. Um, that we didn't have to meet all 12 at once or, you know, that I like the fact that it's paced, um, and that there are people that I know now who are waiting anxiously for each new episode is encouraging to me. Um, so there's a thing. So yeah, (laughs) I'm watching the chosen finally. And, um, so I'll say this too, for those of you who have an interest in watching it and you haven't jumped on that bandwagon uh uh give it a shot uh season one is absolutely on netflix and you can check that out there so uh um also if you're listening to this like as it's coming out merry christmas and uh real quick take the time to say thank you to our patreon sponsors alicia benson candace davis jay she jillian jason crutchfield mike perna todd turner john jacobs zach harris caleb graham Jeanette skaggs chris poyer chris cook jason bullock christina ray sarah lewis patrick gale rebecca godlove and adam davis there's a whole acre of y'all i love and appreciate y'all and thank you so much for helping make these things possible. So uh, I'll be back again with this after I've watched a few more. So Merry Christmas and have a great day.